These later years of childhood have been flying by. As a mom, I want to not just be available to my kids during these last years they have at home, but I want to feel good and have the energy I need to keep up with their schedule and my own. So my health is a top priority. Equilibria is a woman-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and body back into harmony. You're not alone on your wellness journey. Every customer gets one-on-one support to help you meet your goals. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. A healthy gut positively impacts immunity, mental health, sleep, digestion, and skin health. It helps regulate digestion, immunity against bad bacteria, and improve nutrient absorption. The gut has been called the second brain because it contains more than 100 million nerve cells. It is a vitally important piece to our overall health, both physical and mental. So to make sure my gut is working at its potential, I started taking EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense to improve my digestion and nutrition absorption, boost my overall immune health, and help with sleep and stress as a bonus. Head to myeq.com and use code PARENTING for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code PARENTING at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50 plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hello, everyone. So I have a quick reminder, and then I'm going to get right to the question from an overwhelmed mom who wants to create a new way of connecting and interacting and disciplining in her home without trying to bite off too much at once. So I just wanted to remind everyone that I did switch to using a separate Instagram account for the podcast and website, and that one is Your Village Inc. at Your Village Inc. Again, you're welcome to keep following me or start following me uh, personally at Iron Mom 2020. But for those who are really looking for the parenting advice, the um, you know information about the podcast or the website or the classes or the videos, the tips, videos, uh, you'll want to go to the Your Village Inc. Instagram account. My personal account is solely for my family, my own life adventures, and my own life journey. So. Let's get to the question from Tani. She wrote in and asked, I just found your podcast. I can relate so much to your partnering challenges and I love your advice and way of handling things. I wanted to ask you a question. 
So a very short background story. I got married very young at 17, had my first at 19 and my second at 23. I got divorced after 10 years of a toxic marriage. As you can imagine, I couldn't co-parent with my ex while being married. He would do the opposite of co-parenting. He was a terrible example and handled everything so wrong. So my issue is really with my oldest who is nine now. She is entering a very rebellious stage and in general, her personality is very strong. I feel like up until now, in those 10 years of marriage, were the worst at parenting because I was so miserable. I was so focused on surviving myself that I didn't make it a priority to really discipline my kids, although I was a stay-at-home mom and always present. Anyways, a year after the chaos of getting separated, I'm still going through a very difficult divorce. I support them fully on my own, which is my biggest challenge, and so draining, and it takes all of my time. But I also went through a crazy spiritual awakening and healing last year, and I opened my eyes to realize that the way my kids act or my household vibe is not aligned with my values today, with what I personally practice now. I know it's not too late and that I had to take the whole year to work on myself first in order to implement it in my home. But today I feel so overwhelmed, especially with my oldest, because I feel like everything is so wrong. Every single habit, every behavior that I have allowed is so wrong and I have no clue where to start. And when there are so many things that I don't wanna see anymore, where do I start? How do I not become a police parent? How can I improve a little bit of everything without it being too overwhelming for her. I assume many behaviors will lead to others and I need to find the source of them and work on that, but I have no clue how. So, Tani, I really appreciate this email. Thank you for feeling comfortable sharing, for trusting me to guide you through this process because it is overwhelming, but we're gonna get there. We're gonna go through some steps, ways to get started, so that you can start going in an upward spiral instead of a downward one. We're gonna stop this and turn it around. The good news is, just like you said, is that you do have time to get things turned around. I know it feels daunting when there's so much you want to change. Now, if you're like me, you want it all to change yesterday, but you also know that it will take time. But you also don't want to feel like you're emptying the ship with a bucket of water while it's flowing in from a big gaping hole. You want actionable steps that will yield some real results quickly so that you can get some successes, build some successes, and also relieve some stress and pressure that makes the rest of it easier to get turned around as well. So we want to get one area working well and then move on to the next. So that's exactly what I'm going to try to give you today. Now I'm sure a lot of parents do feel that way or have felt that way in the past as well. And I can certainly relate to this feeling overwhelmed. So much to do, feeling like I'm trying to do everything but accomplishing almost nothing because I'm trying to do too much. I have been through that last year myself. Between my house renovation, my business struggles and decisions, my health, and wanting to enjoy time with my kids, it's been an exhausting year. So for any parent who's feeling snowed under or overwhelmed, regardless if it's with parenting and wanting to change the ways of interacting with your child, to move it into a positive direction so that interactions are more positive and more connected, or you just have a lot on your plate in general, you're trying to figure out how to address and prioritize and an action plan to get from where you are today to where you want to be, to where you're going. So we're gonna break this down. 
I'm also going to give distinct tips for this as it relates to changing parent-child relationships and therefore changing the way that we interact, changing things to, in a, to a positive direction, changing our discipline strategy. So we're not trying to change too much all at once because that's definitely just a recipe for disaster. The first thing to do, regardless, whether it's with parenting or it's with other things in your life that are feeling overwhelming, you want to make a list of everything you want to change. What do you want to see different? How is it different? What does it look like? So we're going to break this down and we're going to really talk about each of the scenarios and what that might look like. So for parenting, let's just say you say, I want my children to speak to me more respectfully. I expect respectful tone of voice. I expect asking permission instead of a rude tone, yelling and insisting on things. I want my children to accept bedtime when I say it's time to get ready. I expect my daughter to say okay and head to her room to get ready and brush her teeth and wash her face without a fight and me nagging her the entire step of the way. Now, of course, this is just an example for Tani's case because something she may want to see from her nine-year-old. Now, your expectations from a four-year-old are going to be a little bit different. Something like, I expect my child to come with me when I say it's time to get ready, to get changed and brush teeth without backtalk or pushback as I guide him or her through one step to the next. You're going to decide what you want it to look like based on your own child's age. What makes sense? And you can expect these things. If you have a three-year-old or a four-year-old, when we engage with the right tools and the right ways of interacting, we absolutely can have a four-year-old that says, okay, and we'll get up and come to bed and go get ready. You will have a four-year-old or three-year-old or two-year-old. We'll settle down in bed, say goodnight, fall asleep, and not keep getting out of bed. You will have a nine-year-old who says, okay, and goes and brushes their teeth and gets ready for bed. And you do a little bit of nighttime routine, a little snuggle, a little reading, whatever your nighttime routine is, and goes to bed. You can, and you might say something like, I expect my child to do the jobs I have given her, like set the table, help clear the table, clean her room without acting entitled, like I'm supposed to do everything for her, or pushing back and telling me she'll do it later. She's growing up and it's time for her to learn how to do some of these simple tasks and do them respectfully. So you're going to write out this list. Just write out what you want it to look like. And you're going to really think about this list. You can even start in the morning and go through the day. What you want each area or time of day to look like. Morning, after school, dinner time, evening for kids five and older. Now for kids that are still home a lot or if they're in preschool, so they're in school a few days a week or part-time, you might want to add in snack time, toy cleanup. Outings, such as leaving the park, if that's a struggle area, how you want leaving the park to go smoother, so on. You're going to number these, not necessarily in order at first, but just bullet point or number them, the things that you want to see going differently. So kids are capable of far more than we often give them credit for. The one area I want to caution about is potty training, because this is a developmental stage. Toddlers will potty train relatively easily when they are ready. So if it's potty training you're frustrated about right now, you can search for older episodes of the podcast or check out the potty training class on my website, yourvillageonline.com, because I talk about how to know when your child is truly ready, the steps to make it super smooth. There's steps to get prepped, steps to prep your kid, and ways to really know they're ready, and it goes fast and smooth when done this way. So I strongly recommend making sure you're following your child's lead on potty training. Outside of that, any behaviors 
interactions, things you want to see differently, respectful interactions, the way that you work through making sure that they're learning their expectations, like cleaning up after themselves, asking to be excused from the table, whatever it is that you're expecting, that there are ways to work on those and make those a lot better and, and really engage with their children and develop mutual respect in these communications. So what if you have other areas? Great. You're going to do the same thing. So I'm going to use me as an example because it's an easy one because I've been living it for the past six months or so. So I want my house to be renovated enough to be able to move in. I don't want a mess of rubble and dust and torn down drywall and a misplaced kitchen island with electrical wires sticking out because they aren't even hooked up. So obviously it's not in that state anymore. I've moved way through that. But this was just one of the things that I wanted to get done earlier last year. I want to get my fitness back to where it was two years ago. I want to find time to do this self-care, to exercise and eat better. I want to finally learn how to assess and run a good marketing campaign on my own and stop leaving it to people who don't really seem to be doing a very good job or don't understand my business. I want to make more time to get out and explore the area with my kids. I want to make friends. I don't have friends here in the area. So these are all things that I want to really work on and change. So, but when there's so much, like I can't attack it all at once or it just, I'm going to accomplish nothing. So how do we execute? Whether it's on our parenting, whether it's on our own life goals and things that we're trying to change and move to a better place. How do we execute on these? Where do we start? So I'm going to start with the parenting, how you can find the place to start for the biggest results. So you then have more time and energy to work on each subsequent steps. And I'm going to do that right after a word from our sponsors. As an adult and a mom of a son, both with ADHD, I know navigating the expectations of life with ADHD can be a challenge, but finding the right care and proper tools needed to succeed can be life-changing. With the right resources, you can turn your ADHD into your superpower. Done is an online ADHD care platform that can get you all the resources you need to help manage your ADHD, online visits, refills, and a 24-7 care team made for you. Starting to take care of your ADHD is as easy as one, taking a one-minute free assessment to see if Done can help, two, booking an appointment with a licensed ADHD clinician as soon as today or tomorrow, Three, start receiving ongoing care, enjoy online visits, personalized treatment plan, worry-free refills, and 24-7 care. Take a free one-minute assessment and book an appointment with a licensed ADHD clinician as soon as the next day. Get continuous care, insurance coverage, and 24-7 care team support with Done for just $79 a month and pharmacy co-pays as low as $0. Unlock your path to better focus now at Get dot donefirst.com slash podcast. Done. Turn your ADHD into your strength. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. By Heart is an infant nutrition company whose mission is simple. Make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, By Heart created a clinically proven, easy-to-digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Our blend includes the most abundant protein found in breast milk, alpha-lac, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum, along with broken down, partially hydrolyzed proteins. By Heart is an easy-to-digest formula. 
In addition to its patented protein blend, our formula includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. BiHeart is the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk, not skim. Curious about BiHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with the code parenting for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Okay, now that we're back, I'm going to really dig into how to start making changes in our parenting first and in our lives in general when we're feeling overwhelmed by so much we want to change and just don't know where to start. Or we try to start and we feel like we're making no progress at all and we throw up our hands. We feel like we're just expending energy for no reason. So I want to address a particularly helpful approach for Tani or any parent with an older child. Now by older, I mean seven, eight or beyond. If you still have toddlers, this is a great tip and just remember this as they get older. This is just an amazing tool and it's not even a tool. It's just a way of relating. So for Tani, nine is a great age to incorporate this. And I'm going to talk about how you can apply this to other ages that are more appropriate when they're younger kids. I'm going to do that next. But if you have an older child, seven, eight or up, this is to elicit their help, their input and their feedback. As parents, we are trying to change. And if we can do it, they certainly can. Habits and patterns get ingrained. And the longer we've had the habit, the more difficult it is to undo. So at 30 or 40, we're working to change patterns that we've had in relating to others for a long time. At eight, nine, and 10, they are a lot more malleable. The approach makes all the difference. So when we sit down with our kids as a fellow human, we know they're not nearly as developed, so we're going to explain in age-appropriate ways, but they are a fellow human. They're amazing, they're developing into amazing young people, and we're gonna give them that respect and understanding of the potential that they have and where they are right now and what they can really handle, which is actually a lot more than we think or what they can understand, which is actually a lot more than we may think. So we're gonna explain the situation, where we are, where we want to go, that we haven't done certain things in the best way in the past, but we are going to change those. We point out the things we wanna change, how we want things to work differently, what we want them to look like, what we are doing differently, and what we want our child to do differently. Now they know the family pattern because they've fallen into it too. So whether it's, you know, they know when we say, go pick up your clothes. And if we don't follow through, they're just, they can ignore it. And so, and then we get angry and then we yell at them and then it comes to blows. That's the family pattern and they fall into it too. So it's about making the unconscious conscious. Now we've already done it for ourselves because we know we want to change. We know this isn't working. We know we want it different. So now we're going to help our kids do that too. So we're going to talk about bringing out the behaviors, the reactions and the patterns into the light so we can work on them. So some really important messages in this talk that you're gonna to wanna to have with your child to get across. And this isn't just one talk, it's an ongoing conversation that you will assess and tweak how things are going over time. So you're gonna have an initial talk about how you wanna change things, what you want it to look like, then you're gonna have ongoing conversations. This thing is working really well, this one isn't working so well. How about for you? How are things working for you? You're going to have this conversation conversations, ongoing conversation. What you want to convey in this ongoing conversation is that we're family. We're a team. We need to work together. I need your help. I can't do this alone. 
Sometimes I will go back to my old patterns and sometimes you will too, but let's work together. This helps your child connect with the new future. Our children want less conflict too. They want to feel connected. They want the stress relief too, but they will need our help and they're going to need a few more reminders in relearning better ways of interacting. So getting them on board and then guiding them through. So I'm going to give an example in a moment on what this talk might sound like. The second part of the message is that I do this out of love. When it seems like I'm being hard on you, it's actually out of love. I want you to be the best person you can be. I'm never hard on you for the purpose of being mean. Now, my kids understand this because I have driven this home with them. I've shared it with them so many times. So I can ask them now, why do I do this when I'm pushing them to step up in some way or another and they're pushing back? And I say, why do I do this? And they say, because you love me. Now, it's hard to be mad at someone who's spending their energy to make you a better person because they love you so much. And when our kids understand that, it really helps to get a lot more cooperation. When they know you want the best for them, you know that you're doing your best to try to help them become the best person they can be. So here's a quick example of a conversation you could have. Just some of the pieces, obviously in your own words, your own examples will all um, come into this, to play in this conversation. So yours will likely be longer, but this is just to get you started. I know I've set up some poor examples of how we relate to each other. I let a lot of things go that I should have fixed a long time ago. I wanna make things better for all of us, starting now, and I need your help. You wanna go on to describe the things you don't like and what you wanna see different, not in a blaming way, just describe the situation. I feel like there's a lot of contention. I feel like there's a lot of yelling and hurt feelings. And I want to change that. I'm working to make you become a better person. I want us to get along better. When we talk to each other, I want it to be in a respectful manner. I want it to be in a calm tone. And I'm going to work really hard on my part to do better with that. And when you get upset or seem to get very emotional, I'm going to help guide you back to a place of calm. And give you some words that you can use that are more respectful. And I hope that you'll be receptive to this. And you want to invite your child to share and give their feedback. Let them say, you're right. I don't like that. I don't like that either. I will work harder. I will help you. Uh, These are the things I would like to see differently. I feel like this when you say this. Let them talk about the things that really bother them. You You know, sometimes kids just don't want to be nagged. They want things to work a little differently. They want a warning. They want a little more time. They want to be able to set up their own schedule after school. They want to come home and have a snack before they're expected to sit right down and do their homework. Allow them to give feedback about what they need because then it's a give and take and you're teaching them how to have a real relationship, a communicative relationship where everyone's needs are met. The parents' needs are met for their child to get the homework done because this is something they need to do because education is important and you want them to know that and understand that. Their need is met so that they can get a little bit of downtime right after school. That's just just an example, of course, but they may want to go out and spend 20 minutes, you know, doing something outside and getting some of their wigglies out after school. They may want a snack. You know, they may want to sit down and just watch something mindless for 20 minutes. Whatever that is, whatever they're asking for, then you have an agreement. I will give you that 20 minutes. That's great. We will set a timer, but when the 20 minutes is up and I need you to come in and work on your homework, you need to agree that you're going to do it happily and easily. 
maybe not happily, they may not still be happy, but that they will come in and go ahead and do it. So you're working on some agreements, they're in on the agreement, you're talking together, and this really gets a lot of buy-in from kids and can get things to go very, very differently. I'd like us to talk more respectfully to each other. I don't expect you to always agree or to easily change and not struggle with it at first, but at minimum, I'd like us to disagree respectfully, and I will be coaching you about how to do that. I want to teach you all the things I didn't learn growing up because I want you to not make the same mistakes I did. I want to save you from that. Now, this might be more appropriate for nine or 10, seven or eight may not understand that. So you can, again, pick and choose what's going to work for your child's age. Everything I do is out of love. So please remember that when I'm reminding you how to disagree with me in a kinder tone or asking you to finish your homework or asking you to clean something up, it's all out of love. This is all me helping you become the best person and have all the skills you need when you leave my house. So these conversations have a huge impact. Children feel respected. They can begin to understand the reasons why we do the things we do or say the things we say or have the rules and expectations that we have. They may get upset for a minute and need a few minutes to calm down. That's okay. But the better we get at relating to them in a calm, respectful manner, the better they will get at meeting us there. So one of the things I love about my kids getting older is that I can reason with them a lot more. We have a solid foundation of mutual respect because, you know, I've built this with them from the very beginning stages. But regardless of where you are or how old your kids are, you can still get this turned around and you can have amazing, wonderful relationships with your kids. So my kids rarely react angrily or haughtily. And when they do, a quick conversation to remind them of this important piece of our connection, and they fix it right away. They change their tone. They will say, I'm sorry, mama. And then they will say it in a different way almost immediately. And my kids are now, uh, my son, oldest, is about to turn 13. My twins are 11. So you can certainly expect this kind of respectful behavior or a quick turnaround when you catch them on it and call it out. Okay, so what about younger kids? You can't reason with a preschooler about expecting better behavior and how you're going to change your dynamic or the way you relate to one another. So part of this still remains the same, and that is leading by example, staying calm, sending the message in your voice and tone that you're doing this from a place of love and helping them learn important expectations and boundaries. Now, this is done in the way you do it, not necessarily with a conversation, but just the way that we're doing it, the way that we're setting the tone around bedtime, around cleaning up after ourselves, about pitching in and helping, about learning emotional control, sharing our feelings. It's all the way we approach it, the way we speak to them. And they will hear it and understand it that, okay, this is what my parents expect from me. These are the boundaries. And they get a lot better about um, not pushing back. So you want to pick an area to, and start there. You don't want to try to change everything all at once. So I like to advise parents, especially with younger kids, to start with bedtimes and middle of the night if this is an area that is out of control in your house. If you're expending a lot of energy at bedtime, if there's a lot of power struggles and meltdowns and pushback and and that kind of thing, and you're using a lot of your energy and it's just exhausting and they're waking you up in the middle of the night and you're not getting enough sleep... You want to start with bedtimes and nighttimes because the benefits of better sleep habits for your toddler or preschooler means they're going to be better at regulating their emotions during the day if they aren't tired. So you're fixing a lot more than just the bedtime and the nighttime. You're actually going to fix a lot during the day. 
It helps us as parents be more calm and patient when we aren't low on sleep. It gives parents their evenings kid-free to catch up on stuff, connect with each other if you're in a two-parent household, and maybe even just to relax a little bit. Now, after you do the bedtimes and nighttimes, after those are going smoothly, you can move on to the next area. And like I said, you're getting enough sleep, your kids are getting enough sleep, you're actually going to minimize a lot of those daytime struggles because now they're coming from a place that they're not overtired. So you're not getting a lot of emotions from being overtired. So you've just fixed a whole lot in one swoop. So you're gonna see where you are now and you're gonna move on to the next area. So maybe it's hectic mornings, maybe it's dinner times, maybe it's cleaning up after themselves. Maybe it's a particular behavioral issue, be it big meltdowns or big power struggles. Pinpoint your area you're gonna do next and work on that. Don't worry about anything else. You're gonna teach them to share or clean up their toys or listen better or eat healthier or clean up the table later or participate and help around the house more later. Work on that big area. Meltdowns, the power struggles, the hectic mornings, whatever's gonna be that next area to get you moving in the right in the next direction. You wanna learn about your child's temperament. You wanna learn some tools for working through power struggles and just focus on that for two weeks. So first the background of temperament because every child reacts to everything differently and they have different struggles and they have different strengths. So you wanna know what those are so that you can leverage the strengths and then you can help them with their struggles. And you're gonna work on your key area for two weeks until you're confident in your methods, you see the behaviors changing, you see the way you're interacting with each other changing, and you see some improvement. Then you can move on to the next thing, like the listening when you ask for cleanup, or working on mealtimes, or improving eating habits. Now, the classes on the website are designed to help you address any issue in any order you need. So, power struggles, helping your child with anger, tantrums, sibling rivalry, getting kids to listen, bedtimes and sleep, mealtimes, potty training, self-esteem, peaceful parenting, which is for us parents, you name it. It's on there to help you divide and conquer your most pressing challenges one by one. So, and of course our online community and parent chats that we do about once every other week with me to help troubleshoot any sticky areas for you so you can really get these things under control. So if you're really looking for some help with any or all of those, you can look, go to the website, yourvillageonline.com. One other thing I wanna mention is one of the discipline tools that I strongly recommend parents to start with and focus on is positive reinforcement. It's really the, there's a set of three positive tools, but positive reinforcement, because you're focusing on what you want to see. Your focus, it lets your child know what you want to see, and it actually builds their self-esteem. It helps them to understand what you want rather than what you don't want. So when we yell at them or nag them or, you know, over things that they're doing that we don't want to see, the behaviors we don't want to see, they don't know what to do instead, especially when you've got your younger kids. But positive reinforcement works for any age, pointing out what they do well. If they come in, if you set up this agreement, let's use this one, you set up this agreement for homework, and you do, she gets the 20 minutes or 30 minutes to go outside and jump around, do some jump rope or hopscotch or ride the bike or do some basketball or jump on the trampoline or whatever she gets time for. And then you say it's time to come in and do your homework and she comes in immediately. Even if she gives a little attitude, you can still reinforce the positive. Thank you so much for coming in when it was time to do your homework. I really appreciate it. That was very helpful. So you wanna give that positive reinforcement, that positive feedback when they handle something well, when they do something well, when they help out when you've asked the first time. 
when they get dressed when you ask the first time, when they picked out their own clothes. You picked out your own clothes today and put them on all by yourself. That was so independent. This really helps increase that positive behavior. So that's a great tool to just start working on right away. If you focus on that for two weeks, you're actually gonna see a big turnaround in behavior. So there's two more positive, um, focus on the positive tools that are also on the website. Uh, it's on the discipline classes for discipline tools for toddlers, preschoolers, um, elementary age kids. And it's also a separate class. You can just watch that if that's what you want. Okay, so I know this is getting to be a long episode, but a couple of things I want to make sure we touch on everything here. So let's just say you have overwhelming life in general and things you want to change. You're an overwhelmed parents because life is just stressful right now. Your parenting is fine. You know, you're relating fine to your children, but you're just really stressed and anxious because life is just, let's face it, it's been especially difficult these last couple of years. You're feeling anxious, you're feeling squeezed, and you're needing to change. List it out, just like I mentioned earlier. Divide and conquer. Start with the most pressing thing or the thing that once that is complete will open up like a bottleneck, right? It'll just open up to allow you to do many other things. Break it down into steps. Make a list of what you want to accomplish each day. So for my house, for instance, I made a list of what needed to be done before I could move in. Then I would make a list at the beginning of the week of what I wanted to accomplish that week. And of course, there were certain things that had to be done before others, the painting before the floor. You know, there were just certain things that had to be done in certain order. Break it down into what needs to be done or bought to get whatever that is complete. Each day you check things off. That sense of accomplishment can fuel the next set of steps. Makes you feel accomplished, makes you feel good. Success and accomplishment leads to more success and accomplishment. Try to remember to give yourself credit for everything you have done rather than focusing on how much you will still have left. It's a really important piece. So one of the things I just started this week, I created a list of things I wanna do each week to create a new habit. I have so many things I wanna work on, but it feels overwhelming. I can't do yoga and cardio and work on my house and meditate and fix my marketing and take care of my kids and spend quality time with them. I can't do all of those every single day. So I broke it out. Five days a week, I stretch for 15 to 20 minutes. Three days a week, I do 30 to 40 minutes of cardio. Three days a week, I meditate, that kind of thing. I make a list and then I check off when I have done each of those things throughout the week. And I make a separate one for each week so it's fresh. It's reasonable for me to meditate three times a week, for me to exercise three times a week, etc. It's not reasonable for me to meditate every day. I can't do it. I can't do yoga every day and meditate every day and do cardio every day. I can't do it. But make a list of what you can reasonably fit into your week. Don't overstretch yourself or you'll feel disappointed for not meeting your goals. Make them very doable. Actually keep them low at first so that you can feel success. Like, yes, I did this every day this week. I fulfilled all my goals this week. Do that for two to three weeks. Once you're really good at getting those, then you can add in if you want to. Add in another day of exercise. Add in another day of meditation. Add in another day of working on something in particular you want to do. And then lastly, I wanted to share a heart-to-heart talk I had with my oldest son three years ago. So he was 10 at that time. It was a little less than three years ago. And I've shared this one before, but for new listeners or as a reminder of what a really effective heart-to-heart can sound like, 
And it wasn't about changing behavior, but it was just a lesson I wanted to share with him. And he still remembers it. These are the types of talks that make a huge difference in our relationships with our children. They're very connecting. And this is why I love quality one-on-one time with each of my kids when I can get it. So three, about three years ago, I took my son out. We rented an electric bike. My twins were with my sister. So they were hanging out with their aunt and their cousins, having a great time. And so Carter and I got to spend some time together. And we went out, we rented an electric tandem bike. Tandem? What's that called? An electric bike. (laughs) Two-seater. Front to back. (laughs) Anyway, so we we rented this bike. Well, I rented the bike. And we went on this bike ride. We were in Boulder, Colorado. I was doing a race there that summer. And we rode on the paths all around Boulder, along the river, and through campus. And I remember telling him the story about my academic career and how I really was kind of a slacker in high school and in college. And I really just didn't put my best into it and how much I regretted that and that it really affected a large part of my life for a long time how I wished I had worked harder in high school so that I could have gotten into a better college. I would have loved to have gone to CU Boulder. It's such a beautiful campus. So I just explained to him how, you know, it's really important to buckle down and do a really good job in school as much as you possibly can to get in, to have the option for the best possible school, for any kind of scholarship or just even getting admission into the school so that you create more options for yourself, so that he could have his future wide open. And we really just had this beautiful talk about that and what that meant and what what regrets I had around that and how I didn't want him to have those regrets that I had had about it. And how I didn't really do a career that in the beginning, I was a computer science major. I really didn't do a career that was I was passionate about. And it was very difficult to be successful because it just was such a chore going to work every day. So I shared all of this with him. So those are what those heart-to-heart talks look like and sound like. It's just sharing your experience, sharing the things that you wish you'd done differently, helping them understand it a little bit earlier and younger, and helping them hopefully make different choices and have a, a much better, happier life path than you had in any ways that you can share with them. So I hope you find that helpful. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.